Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me Today. We are going to be talking about the testimony of Joseph Smith. This appears in the introductory pages of the Book of Mormon that we're studying this week in preparation for next week when we start with the actual scriptures of the Book of Mormon. I hadn't read this testimony of Joseph Smith for quite some time, and as I did so now, I was struck with what a great opportunity it was to do a reality check on my faith in the Book of Mormon and in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know that it's an amazing organization. We have great services and classes to learn about Jesus Christ. The community that we're a part of, no matter where you go, is caring and inclusive, and you have instant friends and support no matter how often you move. The church provides millions of dollars of humanitarian aid to causes around the globe, as well as financial support when needed at the local level to people in need. My kids have a great group of friends that will be able to help keep their faith in Christ strong as they get older. And as an adult, I have great opportunities to serve others in and out of the church. So with all of these really cool parts of the church, it could get easy to get wrapped up in that, in the organization, the culture, the community, and not necessarily always focus on some of the other elements of the church. So as we study the testimony of Joseph Smith, it's a massive reality check, at least for me, that our church is not just a great place to raise a family. This is the restored church of Jesus Christ, and it was organized through a series of miracles that can sometimes be difficult to believe. So I want to quote some of the parts of Joseph Smith's testimony. Quote, While I was thus in the act of calling upon God, I discovered a light appearing in my room, which continued to increase until the room was lighter than at noonday, when immediately a personage appeared at my bedside, standing in the air, for his feet did not touch the floor. He called me by name and said unto me that he was a messenger sent from the presence of God to me and that his name was Moroni, that God had a work for me to do. He said there was a book deposited written upon gold plates giving an account of the former inhabitants of this continent and the source from whence they sprang. He also said that the fullness of the everlasting gospel was contained in it as delivered by the Savior to the ancient inhabitants. While he was conversing with me about the plates, the vision was open to my mind that I could see the place where the plates were deposited, and that so clearly and distinctly that I knew the place again when I visited it. Convenient to the village of Manchester, Ontario County, New York, stands a hill of considerable size, and the most elevated of any in the neighborhood. On the west side of this hill, not far from the top, under a stone of considerable size, lay the plates, deposited in a stone box. Having removed the earth, I obtained a lever, which I got fixed under the edge of the stone, and with a little exertion, raised it up. I looked in, and there indeed did I behold the plates. End quote. Okay. I really like to read sci-fi books, fantasy novels. I'm really into alternative reality. This story sounds a little crazy, right? But the reality is, this is a church of miracles. It always has been. Christ, the founder of our church, healed the sick, caused the lame to walk, gave sight to the blind, turned water into wine, raised the dead, and he himself came back to life after being crucified. These things are hard to believe. Countless other miracles appear in the Bible and other scriptures. You have likely experienced other miracles in your own life that to other people would seem hard to believe. So the question is, can you believe in this miracle that happened 200 years ago when a small town country boy was visited by God and angels and shown where to find the ancient record that he would then translate to become the Book of Mormon that you're holding in your hands? 
In 2 Nephi 27, it says, For behold, I am God, and I am a God of miracles, and I will show unto the world that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I work not among the children of men, save it be according to their faith. I've been a member of this church for over 11 years now, and have had my faith challenged many times. In my first 18 months as a member, I almost left the church multiple times as my faith was shaken. First, by Sister Julie Beck, as she challenged my preconceived notions of the role of the man and woman in a family. Then by Proposition 8 that happened in California. Then by my girlfriend, who broke my heart when I was getting serious about marrying her. Don't worry, we still got married. Just took us a few years to get sorted out. And almost every day for the first year of my mission, as I was second-guessing my decision to serve and whether I should go home and just abandon the whole thing. But each time, even as I felt my faith falling apart, through my interactions with the Holy Spirit, I was able to rebuild my faith to be even stronger, making myself more weatherproof against future storms. As we then read this miraculous account about Joseph Smith and the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, are we going to let that shake our faith? Will we question whether such a series of events could happen in the modern day? I remember on the first day of my mission in Argentina, I was in a threesome companionship in a small town named Bowen. My two companions had been missionaries for almost two years and had taught the story of the Restoration hundreds, if not thousands of times. It so happened that there was an American husband and wife residing in Bowen at that time, and my companionship had been teaching them. I showed up to my first lesson with them, and my companions began teaching the Restoration. It became apparent to me pretty quickly that they were struggling to teach this lesson because it was the first time since they were in the missionary training center that they'd actually had to teach the Restoration in English. And so as they started to recount the story of Joseph Smith, I could see their eyes starting to shift back and forth to each other, as if to say, Oh no, I don't think I remember the words of the first vision in English. But they kept going. They set up the story of Joseph Smith walking out to the woods to pray to God to know which of all the churches in his town was the correct one. And as he kneeled down to pray, my companions looked with pleading eyes to me. And without hesitating, fresh off the MTC boat, I recounted the first vision, sharing to this family in Joseph's words, quote, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages, whose brightness and glory defy all description, standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. Hear him. I believed then in the story of Joseph Smith. I have felt the Spirit as I have shared this story with others. I feel it now as I think about the great work that Jesus Christ has achieved through his prophets. I choose to believe, and I invite you to ponder your own faith in the history of our church and allow it to become stronger in the process. If you, like many others, have struggled with some of the historical aspects of our church, let me share a thought from Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf from a talk he gave in 2013. Quote, It's natural to have questions. The acorn of honest inquiry has often sprouted and matured into a great oak of understanding. There are few members of the church who, at one time or another, have not wrestled with serious or sensitive questions. One of the purposes of the church is to nurture and cultivate the seed of faith, even in the sometimes sandy soil of doubt and uncertainty. 
Faith is to hope for things which are seen, but which are true. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, my dear friends, please, first doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. We must never allow doubt to hold us prisoner and keep us from the divine love, peace, and gifts that come through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, end quote. Thank you for listening to this podcast today and making the choice to come follow your Savior today. Please share this podcast with others if you found it beneficial, and we'll see you again tomorrow.